The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and I'm flying solo. Okay, so we're going to do something a little bit different with this episode starting out. I'm going to start a new section of each episode with what I like to call What Stupid Shit Did Jen Dolls Say? Because daily, and I mean freaking daily, I hear something from her that literally makes my brain stop and say, it's fucking dark in here, dude. Hang up or I'll give us an aneurysm and we'll die. And this has to be the best. I can't remember what we were talking about offhand, but we're on video chat and she looks at me dead in my fucking eyes and she goes, that train has sailed. Wrap your fucking head around that. That train has sailed. That is only one of the things I've heard from her. That's been multiple shit. Thanks, Jesus Christ. Okay, boys and girls, let's, let's, let's get into the episode, shall we? So today I'm going to be featuring John Brennan Crutchley, a.k.a. the Vampire Rapist. I want to start out by saying that the media needs a bit more creativity when naming criminals, okay? There's a vampire of, well, fucking everywhere. There's the vampire of San Francisco, the vampire of Dusseldorf, the vampire of here, the vampire of there, the vampire of fucking everywhere. Now, I know that vampires drink blood, but still, the term has been way, way overused. The other thing that I want to say before we begin is, although this guy was into some kinky shit, let's not forget that not everybody's a sick bastard like this guy is, okay? Uh, and I've said it before, you know, everyone has their kinks, kinks. I'm into, like, BDSM. And, for example, you know, to be specific so, you know, people kind of understand the differences, is, you know, I enjoy things like breath play, which is choking, control, role play, things like that. You know, being, you know, the, the, the tying up, the spanking, things that are kind of normal-ish, okay? As opposed to this crutchly dude who is just, Jesus, fuck, just weird as shit. And, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that most of the people who are into things like BDSM, they're, they're not totally freaks or anything like that. It's just a little bit of fun. And I, want to, I also want you to keep in mind that, you know, most people that I've met who enjoy BDSM aren't actually out to truly hurt anybody. And I know that's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. If you don't know much about it, you know, about BDSM, then you're going to be sitting there going, wait a minute, I thought it was about that. that. No, it isn't. just... Do a little bit of fucking research. I can't. I can't hold your hand and walk you through this shit. Okay, and uh, so it's guys like Crutchley though that make the rest of us look like we're monsters. You know, like like we are doing some weird fucking like. Oh, this is taboo, and you're out to hurt people. Rah, that's not the fucking case. And I'm sure the mainstream media outlets don't help either. I mean, think about it. Whenever somebody gets um, arrested, okay like a, a serial killer or anything like that, if there's any kind of, I'm going to say not straight-laced type of sexuality, then the media is the first to fucking focus on it. You know, uh, take, for example, like, uh, you know, uh, like Patrick Kearney, uh, the famous serial killer from the 80s. Uh, when him and Kraft and Bonin 
three separate serial killers that were working at the same time, uh, but didn't know each other. When they were all caught, the first thing they focused on was the gay activity. Okay? Um, or they'll say, he was into BDSM, or he was into this. Even if it has nothing to do with the case at hand. I mean, somebody could be ro- robbing a store. He was into bondage. Well, that has nothing to do with robbing a fucking store. All right, let's get this ball rolling, shall we? <clears throat> Sorry. John Crashley was a convicted kidnapper and rapist and probably a serial killer who was suspected of murdering up to 30 women. Yeah, wrap your head around that one. Sorry, boys and girls, have to switch back and forth between some things. <laughs> um, however, he was never tried or convicted for murder. And we're going to get into why. Just hold your panties, okay? Hold your panties. He was called the vampire rapist because he drained the blood of one of his victims almost to the point of her death and then repeatedly raped her while he was doing it. Bear with me. Dry throat, like I always say. Just trying to give you guys a heads up. His span of crime started in January of 1978 and lasted until November of 1985. So we're talking damn near 10 years of doing this shit. All right, so let's look at his childhood because that's where we always start, right? Right. <clears throat> so John here, he was born on November 1st of 1946, and his parents were Mildred, Mildred Burnside and William Crutchley Sr., our little kinky vampire claims to have grown up in an unloving home. And he goes on to say that when he was growing up, he was met with extreme violence at the hands of his parents uh, by disciplining, disciplining him. I'm tripping over my fucking tongue today, boys and girls. But for those of you who've listened, you know, that's kind of a common thing with me because sometimes my brain works faster than my big mouth can. Anywho, what he's saying is that they, they'd, uh, in order to discipline him, they, they would, like, burn his fingers with curling irons and beat him with a belt until he was unconscious. So, if this is true, then I really do feel for the guy. Folks, I'm pretty, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open about my childhood, okay? And I was beaten a lot. Um, so, I know it can change the outlook on life and how we react to others as we get older. And I'm not trying to minimize what this guy did. You know, we're all responsible for our own actions as we grow up. I'm responsible for mine. You need to be responsible for yours. So, his parents' oldest child, Donna, died while undergoing surgery for a circular, circulatory collapse a year before he was born. And he claims that his mother told him often that she wanted another girl. So, I think this is correct, but I'm not positive, okay? Some reports say, and I have seen a few that have kind of argued the point, um, that his mom began dressing him, him up like a girl for the first six years of his life, forcing him to wear dresses. And if this is true, we can really see why he was the way he was. Yeah, and we, we've seen similar dysfunctions with other killers, rapists, and criminals who have done the same thing after being dressed like a girl and forced to wear, you know, forced into a gender role that they weren't born into, okay? So we've seen that with girls who are forced to be boys and boys who've been forced to be girls uh, in their in their their dressing and, and the way that they were to act and things like that. 
And a good example of that is Henry Lee Lucas, the confession killer, and his lover, Otis Toole. The parallels also include abuse in their homes as they grew up. Um, And if you listen to the show for any amount of time, you've heard me mention behavioral conditioning. And that's what we have here. Um, You know, provided all that is true, like I said, I've... I only, I, I'm only questioning it because the, the vast majority of what I've read um, says that this is the facts, you know, that, that he was dressed like a girl and, and blah, blah, blah. There was one or two that kind of kind of dismissed it, if that makes sense. Um, so just in case I don't want anybody coming back to me going, oh, you're a lying motherfucker. I'm bitching at me. All righty. So he's the middle kid, and he has uh, one sibling that's 12 years older than him and another one that's five years younger than him. And he claimed he he got a lot of attention, but not enough affection, which led him to be kind of a loner and withdrawn and and rebellious. Um, And if what he's saying is true, and I say this only because I've read so many conflicting reports about this. I mean, I got the basic outline. And I went in and I, and I investigated. Um, you know, if what he's saying is true, though, uh, he was getting mostly negative reinforcement. Uh, for the, I'm trying to explain this properly. So he got more negative reinforcement uh, as opposed to, you know, like the positive reinforcement that kids need as they grow up. I mean, don't get me wrong. You have to have some negative reinforcement to, to teach them a lesson. You know, uh, like, no, you're not going to do that type of thing. You can't just kiss a kid's ass. But uh, from what it sounds like, he got a lot, way more negative. It's where uh, he probably felt like everything he was doing was wrong. So with with the lack of affection growing up, Dayton was difficult for him, okay? He kind of shied away from it. He didn't know how to deal with getting affection from others. So dating for him, like I said, it was, it was, it was really hard. He's like, I don't know how to do this. And, of course, if you're not taught affection, then it, you really can't give affection, if, they, if that kind of makes sense. You know, it's kind of like monkey see, monkey do. Like, you're not going to learn how to use a knife and fork if you're never taught that, if you're never shown that. Does it make sense? Like, some of us can't use chopsticks. I can, but a lot of people can't. Why? Because you weren't raised in a house where you're using fucking chopsticks to pick up your goddamn rice. That's why. So his, mo- his mom, this is Mildred, would go on to say that all that he was saying is accusations just to get attention, good or bad. She also said, I don't know what happened to him. I think he flipped from being in jail so long. Now, she was 75 years old when she said this, so... Who knows? Maybe she's trying to minimize it. Maybe she's lost her fucking mind. It could be dementia. Nobody knows. Why? I couldn't find any goddamn thing that said, and she had dementia at the time or whatever. I mean, think about it, man. No parent really wants to come out and say that they were an abusive asshole to their kid, and that's why their kid turned out the way that they did. No parent wants to do that. So check this out. While getting his master's degree, he got married to his first wife, And by the time he got his master's degree, their relationship was showing a lot of strain, to say the least. Just to clarify, he got a bachelor's degree from Defiance College in Ohio and his master's degree from George Washington University in Washington, D.C. There are two Washingtons, and I got to say this, 
<sighs> Jen's going to shoot me. I know she is. So Jen's talking to her sister about me and uh, mentions that I live in Washington. And they had both thought that there was one Washington, and that's D.C. They didn't realize that there was a Washington state. So now I'm clarifying it. Okay. All right. So he held several jobs with very reputable companies, and he was actually deemed a math genius. So good old Crutchley here. Sorry, smoking a cigarette while I'm talking. He claims his, quote, crisis began in 1977 by moving to Fairfax, Virginia, and he was working as a high-tech engineer. Um. Also, he also ended up working for at least two other high-tech companies in Washington, D- the Washington, D.C. suburbs. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Virginia kind of sits around Washington, D.C. D.C. sits in the middle of, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think it's like Virginia and, uh, fuck, I can't remember, Maryland, something like that. Anyway. The stress of everything was uh, doing, I, I, I guess it just kind of got to him. Uh, and he must have been good at what he did because he also had a top secret security cl- clearance for classified documents because he worked for NASA in the end. Like the dude's working for fucking NASA and the government. So he gets divorced, okay? And that, uh, I'm sorry. Let's back up. So while he's getting his master's degree, that's when he actually began to date for the first time. Okay. He said he picked women, though, who were submissive with low self-esteem and, quote, a death wish. And I guess the first wife wasn't into what he was into, so they got divorced. And as luck would have it, though, he met another lady who was right up his alley. He remarried, and they had a kid together. So let's talk about the predatory mentality, okay? Just for a minute. Uh, so that you all understand how and why he chose his victims. <laughs> or even the women that he dated, okay? Because it says, like I said uh, earlier, he picked women, and this is his own quote, that were submissive with low self-esteem and a death wish, okay? When a person um, is predatory, they'll tend to seek out those that they know that they can use to fulfill their desires. Abusive people tend to seek out those that they can abuse in a way that they see fit, okay? It can be physical, of course, or mental, financial, whatever the case may be. Because uh, a lot of people think that, that abuse is strictly physical, and that's not the case. You can mentally abuse people. And, I, and, and I've said this before, before I took anger management and everything like that. My, my aha moment, my epiphany that I had when I started working the program that I was in for anger management is that I thought, even though I have a degree in psychology and I'm not a psychologist by any means, I just have the degree. I thought in my head that I wasn't abusive because I'm not like slugging my girlfriend in the face or nothing like that until I realized the words that were coming out of my mouth. And the way that I used information and, and, and what have not to really drag some of the people that I loved down, very abusive, very abusive. So just, I want to put that out there so that way there you can kind of get an idea 
of the different levels of abuse. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that any of you are done by any means, but um, I do want to give a little PSA that if you are in an abusive relationship, no matter what it is, please try to get help and please try to get out of it. I mean, there's there's no reason to live that way, okay? And it's not just about getting out, though. You might need therapy. And I'm not trying to be a dick about it or anything like that. But just get the help that you need, you know, to kind of get past why you might pick the same partner over and over again, you know, the same type of person. Because you hear about it all the time, you know, like, like, oh, my God, Bill is just like Mike, and he beats the shit out of me, and vice versa. You have guys who get the shit beat out of them. We just don't report it as often because we're deemed as weak. But <clears throat> that's a whole different episode, and we've, I think we've already covered that in a previous episode. All right. So since the abuse from his childhood and muddling through the lack of affection, he saw himself as very weak. He ended up hanging out with people that were much like himself. He also said, everyone I dated wanted to die. Now, you're probably asking yourself, how the hell could he know that? And it's easy. It's really easy, okay? When you talk to people and they feel comfortable with you, they'll tend to give you personal information. The information that they that you look that you are looking for to fit that need that you have, um, or as I call them, qualifiers. So John was not a dumb guy by any means. I mean, keep in mind his his degree and and everything. So the man can think. He's not just kind of going through life like Lucas and Tool. And I love bringing them up. You know, kind of like. <laughs> blindly going, I'm going to fool people so I can murder them. No, this guy thought shit out. <clears throat> so, I'm pretty sure that he could lead a conversation to a place where the question, the, the question of wanting to die could be answered. Okay, so, you're on the prowl, okay? And you see a lonely-looking girl at the bar. You start talking to her and then lead the conversation. And I hope that makes sense. You know, kind of, hey, have you ever felt, I don't know, like, you just want to, I don't know, just leave it all behind and, and die? You know, I feel like that sometimes. And, you know, people sometimes are in that state of mind. Like, yeah, that's how I feel. You know, I just wish that all the pain would stop or blah, 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 whatever. That's my example that I have for you. So he was charged in Northern Virginia and pled guilty to kidnapping and rape and sexual assault charges in the case in which he allegedly drank the victim's blood of, her name was Laura Murphy. Let's get into that. <laughs> so according to a taped statement, okay, he said, quote, she begged to be roughed up. So he, he repeatedly choked and raped her. He handcuffed her feet and ankles together. Of course, they don't separate. I mean, if, they're, if your feet and ankles are separating, then you've got way more fucking problems there. Um, so he, he restrained her, right? And he used a syringe and tubes to draw the blood in several places in her arm and drank her blood from a mason jar. You know, kind of like what us hillbillies drink moonshine in. So, the victim was, uh, and like I said, Laura Murphy, and she's from California. Um, and she was in Brevard, I think it's Brevard County, Florida, on November 21st of 95. And she's hitchhiking. She's like, hey, I'm done in a ride. Crushley pulled over and offered her a ride, and that would turn out to be a deadly trip for Laura. 
So she managed to get out, right? And she gets out through, I think it was like a bedroom window to escape. And she's fucked up. I mean, and I mean fucked up. He drained most of her blood out. And we're talking, uh, according to the hospital, 40 uh, to 45% of her blood was missing. That's damn near half of your fucking blood. He had drank. Hold on. But wait, there's more. He's, she she manages to, to escape, right? She's buck-ass naked. Um, and I think that she may have taken a sheet with her or something wrapped around it. Anywho, she makes it over to, uh, like, a, I want to say it was a neighbor's house or... No, she flagged down a car. I'm trying to remember because I didn't write this down. Damn it. And uh, she said to him, don't take me back to that house. The guy didn't. Takes her to the hospital. And uh, and they saved her life. Okay? And she actually escaped the next day on November 22nd of 85. So, she tells the cops what's going on. Right? And the cops go, get a search warrant. To search his house. Now, at this time right here, his wife and his son, they're in Maryland for Thanksgiving. And they found, and the cops found a partial video that was half erased that showed them, that showed, uh, I'm sorry, that showed John Crutchley with Laura raping her and a stack of credit cards that were several inches thick from uh, different women, along with different women's jewelry, multiple locks of hair concealed in a closet. uh, And all was noted but not confiscated, okay? This is during the, the, there was a couple of searches, there's two. So during the first search, um, and uh, he wasn't home uh, in the later search, in the second one. So here's what Crushy claims. He claims that he found the credit cards and that he knew these women, but they left their, you know, their, their stuff behind and the jewelry belonged to his wife. All that was a lie, of course. I mean, it was it was a stack of just multiple credit cards. The guy's full of shit. Here's the thing. For a smart guy, dude did not have a... Use some imagination. If you're going to lie to the cops, make it somewhat believable. Don't make it some bullshit. Like, I knew all these women. They just happened to leave this shit behind. No, they didn't. You're a fucking idiot. So with the second search... They discovered a stack of 72 index cards. And keep in mind, Crutchy's not home. Okay, I'm pretty sure he's like locked up. Um, and he had recorded the names of multiple women and men and described sec- their sexual performances. From kinky to sexual assaults, uh, you know, involving restraints and, and, and the like. You know, kind of extreme BDSM shit. So they go and they check out Crutchley's office, and they found sexually explicit pics of unidentified women tied up and gagged with Crutchley choking the women with his bare hands and homemade sex tapes of him and his wife. Now, I'm going to tell you this, man. If you're making homemade sex tapes with your partner or, you know, just anybody, okay, that's your business. And I don't think that that should be drawn into anything. That's... Intimate moments between you and your spouse or you and your girlfriend or boyfriend or, or whatever. That's that's your fucking business. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not holding that against him. And I don't think that y'all should either, to be honest. We've all sent each other dick pics and, you know, naked pictures and things like that. 
Are we good with that? Okay, I'm glad that we're good with that. I'm just giving you a minute to fucking catch your breath. So reports stated that Crutchley's wife had apparently cooperated in similar acts and spoke to the press about him. Among other remarks, she commented on his attack on the handcuffed teen, calling it a gentle rape devoid of any overt brutality. And what I think she meant, okay, was that her and her husband participated in acts of BDSM, bondage, and while there's, they were into rape play, which is called CNC, consensual non-consent play, she was, he was never, you know, overly abusive with her. There's a difference. If you're role playing, we've brought this up before, you know, okay, let's say that, that me and my girlfriend are, are role playing uh, uh, consensual non-consent, okay? Yeah, you know what's going to happen. It's, a, it's, a, it's we're, we're acting out. Like, like she's going to get abducted and, and sexually violated. You're still consenting. You know all the actions ahead of time. You know what I mean? Um, the simple act of Crutchley taking Laura and restraining her and raping her, there's no way that you could say that it was a gentle rape. There's no gentle rape. There is just simply... Rape. That's just all there is. You know, there, there, like, there's a big difference. Like, let's say that uh, that we're role playing out a daddy daughter fantasy, okay? Where it's like, hey, little girl or dirty uncle, sit on my lap. If it's between me and my girlfriend, that's that's legit. Okay, that's okay. If I'm doing it to my daughter, that's not right. So there's y'all need to understand kind of like the the boundaries of some of the things that happen. Just making it clear, okay? So, shortly after his plea, Crutchley, and he was 39 years old, then said that he cannot be connected with any other crimes. There's no crimes they can link me to, he said, to the Associated Press. <clears throat> after stating there were there are two John Crutchleys, and he said, adding, uh, he said, adding he was not the one who committed the acts, and that this John blamed pornography as the root of all evil and said he got a lot of his ideas from a magazine. So I'm not sure if he was talking about his alter ego or this fictitious other John Crutchley. I don't doubt that there's another person named John Crutchley, just like there's people named Scott Alexander. Um, I just don't think that it's... Yeah, I don't think this other John Crutchley is out there raping people. I'm just saying. So... There's thought to be two to 30-plus victims in his span of crimes from January of 78 to November of 85, crossing state lines, okay? Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, like, at least 13 more cases that he can be linked to in the area that he had lived in between Virginia, Washington, D.C., and, and Florida. Later, they refocused on Crutchley, uh, they refocused on Crutchley, and he pled guilty in Brevard County to kidnapping three sexual assault charges. And according to the state attorney, uh, that's what he pled guilty to in exchange for uh, the uh, his in exchange for his, his plea. Eight felony charges: robber and robbery. Uh, these are, I think, they're felony sex charges. Robbery and alleged stealing of women's blood were dropped. 
An investigation into several slings in Brevard County where Crutchy lived will be, uh, and it says continued above. Okay, well, I guess I shouldn't. I should have fucking read that first. Jesus Christ, it's going to be a day. So, anywho, he was given up to two life sentences and two 15-year sentences on four charges. Well, Crutchley was released two years early. He served 11 years of his sentence, okay? So, he, basically, if he, if he went back to prison, he would be doing a lot of time. He's given 15 years, okay, on all four charges. We're going to get into the life sentence part here, and you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Just a second, okay? So he's released in 96, and he went to West Virginia, where his mother Mildred lived, and she didn't want him. She's like, get the fuck out of here, okay? I don't know what's wrong with you. Out of here, okay? So he goes over to a town called Melbourne, and they're like, no. He went all over Florida trying to find a halfway house, and everybody, you know what's bad? When Jacksonville, Florida looks at you, as a, as a city and goes, not in this town. Look, we're freaks, but fuck you the fuck out of here. Well, finally, it fell on to Orlando. And he went to the Orlando Probation Center, which is a halfway house for counseling, and to pay restitution, even serving his 15 years of parole. So a year later, he was arrested for violating his parole after testing positive for the devil's lettuce. That's right. He was smoking the marijuanas. And so he, at first he denies it. He's like, uh, it's not me. Uh, uh, and, and this is what he said. He claimed that an inmate, that inmates blew smoke in his face. But then he later confessed. He said, no, yeah. It was me. We were having a, uh, you know, uh, a happy release party type of thing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I smoked I, I smoked weed. But that, of course, is a probation violation. Okay? So he gets sent back to prison. And he was, re, he, he was uh, reincarcerated on January 31st of 97 under the three strikes rule. Um, the first two convictions were kidnapping and the rape of a hitchhiker. Okay? And then, so there's, there's the two charges right there. The third one, smoking weed. Of all the things that can get you put back in prison for life, smoking weed is what fucked him. So this is, this is the part that I thought was really bizarre. Totally bizarro. He's placed in solitary confinement. And it was there that they discovered, get ready for this, boys and girls, 13 body piercings on his genitals. That he did to himself while in solitary. And how he did that, I have no fucking idea. Kudos, dude. Because I'll tell you, I zipped a little piece of my pecker into my zipper once as a teenager. And I still haven't forgotten that shit. I can't imagine piercing myself 13 times in my junk. So. I also violated his prison rules, by the way, just letting you know, because you can't be piercing yourself in prison. That kind of makes sense. So we all know. So on March 30th of 19, 19, 2022, he died in prison, being found dead in his cell at Hardy Correctional Institute. And this is this is just fitting justice with a plastic bag over his head. And his cause of death was autoerotic asphyxiation. So for those of you that don't know, David Carradine, the actor, died that way. And so did the lead singer for In Excess. 
and it's where you're choking yourself, and just at the moment of climax, you, of course, let the belt go, or you open up the bag, so you can get, you got to breathe, right? But occasionally, it gets stuck, or you might forget, and that is how he died. If there is not a more fucked up way to die, I tell you what, you know, for, for, for him, I'm pretty sure he didn't give a shit, but could you imagine being, I can never remember the lead singer of NXS, who's a, that's a, for those of you that don't know who NXS is, it's a, it's a band from the 80s and, uh, and 90s. And uh, David Carradine was uh, an actor, and he was in like Kill Bill 1 and 2. He was also in a TV show called Kung Fu. His name was Kang. Kane. My name is Kane. I'm here to help you. Um, so they died, like I said, the same fucking way. Bizarre, right? All right. I'm going to wrap this one up right here because that's all that I have on John Crutchley. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. You know, and make sure you, there's, there's two Brutal Nation pages. There's Brutal Nation, okay, and then there's the Citizens of Brutal Nation. We interact mostly on Citizens of Brutal Nation. And we have chat and, and everything like that. So... Get on there. Interact with us. Have a good time. You can ask questions on there. And we're pretty responsive. I mean, I try to be as quick as I can with my responses and what have not. What else? Uh, I think we have merch on there as well on the, on, on the pages. Uh, so you can get your, your Brutal Nation t-shirts. I think that's it. This show's copyrighted 2024 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast that is not authorized by Twisted Blue LLC, they're lying, thieving bastards. And we will talk to you guys later on. Bye-bye.